0: For Cybercrime Radio, I'm Charlie Osborne. Welcome to Identity Belongs to You, a cybercrime magazine podcast series brought to you by Okta. A trusted partner to businesses around the world, Okta powers identity for the internet by creating great user experiences, increasing customer engagement, improving employee productivity, and getting apps to market faster. To learn more about our sponsor, visit okta.com. I'm here today with Shagnik Nandi, President and Chief Development Officer at Workforce Identity at Okta. Welcome, and thank you for joining us today.
1: Oh, Thank you for having me, Charlie. Absolute pleasure. Really looking forward to it.
0: So in today's episode, we're going to discuss driving organizational agility with identity technologies, particularly with a focus on how to overcome the management and security challenges of multi-organizational entities. But since this is an identity podcast, we'd like to start by asking you about your own identity story. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your current role?
1: So the best way to maybe summarize my own identity is I've been a career technologist. I've loved technology products and all aspects of it over the years. I've been an Okta for two years, a little more than two years. I started as their CTO and then approximately a year back, I additionally took on the product and design side and oversee all of their workforce identity cloud business. Prior to that, I spent... 15 years in Google, leaving as their VP in advertising, overseeing some of their core ads, business and technologies. My journey in Google over the years included everything from massive data systems and platforms, infrastructure, ad tech, machine learning. So when I look at my journey across Google and Okta, I think the three things that are common across almost all the roles I've done. These are all business-critical products and services that are heavily relied upon and used by millions, tens of millions, hundreds of millions, or billions of users. Scale has been a common thing that I have been fortunate to be part of, be it product scale, system scale, and organizational scale. All these offerings scale to massive sizes. And the third thing is, across all these products, and it's a core principle I believe in, is I'm very fortunate to be part of offerings which don't just serve the customer, but try very hard to delight the customer. So that's a distinction that's been very important to me over the years. And I'm very, very happy to see that practice to its full potential at Okta as well. So that's my identity in a nutshell.
0: And as an executive with many years of experience, you'll understand that business leaders have been, well, through the ringer in recent years. You've had the pandemic, supply chain issues, and now we're facing economic uncertainty. And they're all impacting how organizations grow and operate, not to mention growing cybercrime rates that they have to deal with as well. I'd love for you to share some thoughts on some of the recent challenges large organizations in particular have faced in this climate.
1: Lots and lots of challenges. The last few years have been probably among the more interesting and dynamic ones many of us in the industry have seen. A few challenges worth calling out is today's workforce is now truly boundaryless. I think pre-pandemic, there were very well-defined boundaries for most organizations and companies, be it in terms of where they were located, how they define their network boundaries, the kind of devices, the kind of employees, all that Has gotten really blurred over the last few years, starting from the employees are now more of a continuum. You have your classic employees, more contractors, you have business partners, you have folks who are there, like very short term employees. So that has become more of a continuum. What it means in terms of where people are located, some places it's in person, some places it's completely remote. Most organizations are in a hybrid world. What kind of devices? Many organizations now allow people to bring in their own devices, only compounded, as I said, by the employee continuum. So the strict boundaries have really gotten blurred, and we are truly in this boundaryless new paradigm. So that's one big shift. Obviously, everything that I just described has enhanced the need for security. So that's become a bigger focus than it ever has been. Security was always an area of focus, but its criticality, importance, and focus has grown rapidly in the last few years because just the sheer number of assets and dynamic nature of this environment has created so many new interesting challenges in the security space. So that's the second big one. The third one is a focus on efficiency. Every CTO, CIO, actually all CXOs I've spoken to are Thinking about efficiency, there's a tremendous need for visibility into what kind of resources are getting used, what kind of assets are getting used, what kind of software are we using? Is there a proliferation of software that's going unused? Who's using them? When are they using them? How much is it getting used? So there's a lot of focus on that. So these are some big changes, amongst many others, I think have happened in the last few years.
0: And do you consider work from home, hybrid practices, and as you said before, remote workforces? Do you think they're major factors when it comes to business leaders and how they view both identity technologies and when it comes to their overall security strategies? Could you perhaps provide us with an example?
1: Growth is a big one. I think any kind of growth really revisits many of the assumptions for an organization. As companies grow, they hit scale limits, they start using very different software, very different infrastructure. So that introduces very different challenges, m as divestiture, leadership changes, organizations going multi-cloud, software consolidation. All these things introduce new challenges to the overall space. And one of the things that's very important is to use technology and solution that facilitates these changes. You don't want your hands to be tied up If you feel some of these changes are necessary for you to grow, for you to protect your business, you should have technology that facilitates it. We recently introduced our Okta for Global 2000, exactly keeping this in mind, that many of these changes are natural and will regularly happen as an organization grows and succeeds. And you really want to provide a set of tools that facilitates these changes. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsor.
0: This podcast is brought to you by Okta. Your customers and employees' identities are your responsibility to keep safe. But who is helping you stay safe from identity-based threats? Bots, fraud detection, credential stuffing, compliance issues. These are just some of the challenges that identity can help you detect and mitigate. Okta has thousands of identity experts ready to join your team from helping you implement zero-trust initiatives to rolling out passwordless authentication. So talk to us today and find out how identity can do so much more than you might think. To learn more, visit Okta.com. That's O-K-T-A dot
1: And now, back to the podcast.
0: And do things when it come more complex when it comes to subsidiaries? And when, say, for example, you have headquarters and offices in different countries, when it comes to the operational structure for business, how can business leaders make sure that they are still maintaining an adequate security posture?
1: I think for subsidiaries, there are two things to keep in mind. One is having the flexibility to both define and sometimes undefine these as needed. Again, as I mentioned, you want your technology your systems, your tooling to facilitate changes. So if you desire to create subsidiaries, the system should make it super easy to support that. And if you want to then later consolidate it back, again, that should be very easily supported. So that flexibility is very important. The second aspect to keep in mind is having the ability and an explicit conversation to define the level of centralization versus autonomy. As you create these subsidiaries, you probably want something still centralized across the board. Examples would be certain security postures, how you onboard offboard employees. You might have standard best practices that you want to centralize across your organization and subsidiaries. At the same time, like you might decide some things are completely autonomous and the way the parent organization functions versus the subsidiary should be completely left to each one to decide on their own. So again, going back to the flexibility point, I think it's important to both explicitly discuss how much centralization and autonomy you want, but then have the flexibility to land where you decided is best for your use case.
0: That absolutely makes sense. And another topic I would like to touch upon is the digital supply chain. So a recent statistic I read suggested that 98% of organizations worldwide have integrations with at least one third-party vendor that has been breached in the past two years. Now, this is an incredible statistic, and when risk comes from all corners, as it were, what can organizations do to ensure they protect their assets? I mean, is this where concepts such as least privilege come into play?
1: No, absolutely. Ideally, you want least privilege principles applied both for your internal systems, which many people focus on, but also on your external touch points. And this is where I sometimes see people not focusing. As you mentioned, a lot of the risk often comes from touch points that you don't fully control and you want to extend your least privileged principles to those touch points as well. And another key thing to keep in mind during this process is to see what assumptions that you have for your own internal systems don't apply to your external touch points. These could be everything around what kind of security systems and solutions these touch points use, what kind of devices and platforms they use, they could be using a very different operating system. They could have more flexibility around how many of those are allowed. They could be allowing their employees to bring their own devices. They might have a very different security stack. So revisit every assumption that you have for your internal system, for your external touch points, and then adapt your least privileged principle based on that. Because as I mentioned, one mistake I see is sometimes people not applying the principles of least privilege to external touch points. And secondly, when they do, they assume that it's a natural extension of what they do internally. But as I mentioned, many of the assumptions might be different and you should take that into account while defining the revised least principle strategy.
0: And considering the current challenges that we've been discussing in this episode, as well as the rising rates of particular kinds of cyber attack, such as ransomware, do you think cybersecurity concerns are now entering the boardroom in a more significant way?
1: Absolutely. I think both security and identity-powered security are more critical and getting more focused than they ever have, and at the highest echelons of organizational discussions. So be it boardrooms, be it C-level conversations, be it with customers at the time of signing deals. It's become extremely critical for two reasons. On the security front, the attack space and approaches have massively evolved with the advent of The recent artificial intelligence and machine learning technologies, the ability for people to do things like more realistic phishing, scaling their attacks, have grown massively. As we discussed, the number of touch points, the number of surfaces, the number of devices, these have proliferated too. So when you combine this advancement in technology of how attacks can be done and the number of surfaces you have to protect, security is more critical than ever. Also, we are at a time where the impact of security is massive. A single big incident can make or break a company, how they handle it. It might completely change your perception and how much your customers rely on you. So that makes the overall security space that much more critical and in focus. When it comes to identity, again, as I mentioned, it's more critical and more in focus now than it ever has been. Mainly because in this new dynamic world, identity is the new security perimeter. In the past, you had these like very well-defined perimeters of like what's your network, what's your organization. In the new world of who has access to what and when, security is defining that combination because two things have happened. That combination is increasingly unique in this dynamic environment. It's no longer like everyone sitting in this organization within this network is my employees who have access to this resource. The policies and the security posture for someone trying to access your HR systems from, let's say, US might be very different if they're trying to access it from a different country. Someone trying to access an HR system versus just the company internal news portal, again, would be very different security postures. So security is really defining this unique perimeter on a who, what, when basis and also it's not something which is then static, it's something that's continuously reevaluated, and security and identity is continuously revisited and identity is helping define that new perimeter, making it very important.
0: And what advice would you give today's business leaders to ensure that they are driving consistent security and access policies for users and resources?
1: I would say, keep three things in mind. Choose a security solution that gives you the flexibility to do things the way your organization is evolving. I mentioned that there are just so many changes happening now and I envision many more. So you really want a security and identity solution that facilitates this dynamic new world. That's a very important thing to keep in mind. The second would be to choose solutions that truly provide a neutral, exhaustive surface area. The number of tools we use, the number of solutions we use is rapidly evolving. And you want something that really connects and secures all these touch points, all these surfaces. So I think the exhaustive nature of applying these solutions is super important. The third, again, is this balance of centralization versus autonomy. Make that an explicit conversation. Decide what levels of centralization do you want to provide and where do you want to provide autonomy? And once again, choose a tooling that both facilitates this decision and then the enforcement and implementation of that decision.
0: Thank you, Shagnik, for taking the time to share your expertise with us.
1: Absolute pleasure.
0: Thank you for having me. For Cybercrime Radio, I'm Charlie Osborne. Identity Belongs to You is a Cybercrime magazine podcast series brought to you by Okta. A trusted partner to businesses around the world, Okta powers identity for the internet by creating great user experiences, increasing customer engagement, improving employee productivity, and getting apps to market faster. For more information about our sponsor, visit Okta.com. For more of our media, visit CybersecurityVentures.com.